Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Trucking along here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Hour two, I'm Stormy Bonatoni. In for Michael Lombardi, like he is every Wednesday, our VSIN host and NBA betting analyst Jonathan Von Tobel on the desk. Although, you know, I was planning on opening up here, diving right into game three of the NBA Finals in South Beach coming up tonight. But you have been dialed in on A's baseball for the last few minutes. Seven runs on six hits in the top of the first for the A's to lead the Pirates. Yeah, A's uh, get a win what yesterday. What is happening? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, maybe they're uh, maybe they're getting all excited that there's a special session out here and that that stadium's uh, coming. Um, I don't know. They get in a run here, and also the Pirates, as we know, playing a little above their skis for the first yeah. few months of the season. So grab a couple of wins against a team that was playing a little bit better than they should have. Uh, there you go. Good job, Oakland. Maybe you'll get to 15 wins here in a little bit. 11-2 win yesterday. Up seven nothing already here early. Things are turning around. Yeah. Maybe some people will come to games. Who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Also, <laughs> All I want to know is who the hell is funding this stadium, all right? Well, that and, uh, I mean, the future is really actually not that bright because I think they have the 22nd ranked farm system. How about that? How about Wait. being as bad as the Oakland A's are? And usually you're like a Baltimore Orioles. We're like, hey, it's coming, all right? Like, yeah, we're only going to win 30 games this year and only like 60 games next year, but it's coming. There's a lot of good young talent. Our, our farm system is is replete with young arms and bodies that we can use for your pleasure. With Oakland Athletics, it's like, mm, no, nah, not only do we suck, but so does our farm system. We're actually terrible. Well, it's so. like every time they have somebody who starts to become good, they're like, okay, you know, you, you're going to go somewhere else now. It's like, yep. Matt Olson, go to, the, go to Atlanta. You're right. good. Um, Matt Olson, everyday starter for my mildly inappropriately named fantasy baseball team. Oh, there you go. So you've been more dialed into MLB, obviously, than I have been, even despite – being like fully invested in the NBA postseason and all of the write-ups that you have to do on a daily basis, the podcast for hardwood handicappers and everything. Um, New episode out today. Hey, now, great plug. Download wherever you get your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But as far as baseball goes, have there been any like teams that have been good to follow, fade, anything along those lines that has stood out to you particularly? So I'm, I'm not particularly for me. So the way I, that I handle baseball, it's like two things. One, you know, I've told you this before, but I like numbers. I like data. So for me, I'm like a large sample size better. So like I like betting win totals. I like betting futures because I have faith that what I see and the way that it projected will eventually play out over the course of what will be, uh, what we'll call them like 162 data points, right? Which is 162 games. So you know, when you talk about like big picture wise, for example, you know, I bet the Texas Rangers to win the World Series about two or th- I think it's I know three weeks ago, just over 20 to one. I-, I like this team a lot. Now, part of that was not only the lineup, but the fact that I thought Jacob DeGrom was going to be back at some point. We know that Jacob DeGrom is not going to come back, but still I do believe that this is a team that is going to be a buyer at the deadline. But also uh, the-, the other bet that I made, which probably is not going to come to fruition because they just can't get their heads out of their rear ends. And they actually took a loss to the Texas Rangers yesterday. That'd be the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals were a team that I thought had a lot of the buy signs. You know, better pitching, a lineup that I think could be very effective, a team that was below 500 by a good amount, but still with a positive run differential. Well, now they've lost five straight. Uh, they're right back down to 12, uh, 12 games under. They're not really getting things together. And, and 
part of the reason, too, was the NL Central looks like an absolute mess. You know, Milwaukee Brewers are 33-28. and 28. There's just a half game against the Pirates who are getting their heads caved in right now. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz just came up for the Cincinnati Reds, but they're five games back out of the division. Like, this seems like it was going to be a winnable division if St. Louis just kind of got their stuff together. And there's still plenty of time. You know, we're only about, what are we talking about, 62 games in. Still got exactly 100 games for the Cardinals, but that was another bet that I made. But it speaks to what I do. Like, big sample size, I like it. And handicapping pitchers individually is a big part of it, you know. When you, when you talk about win totals, um, mm-hmm. obviously you do in preseason, but do you, is that something that you'll buy in on throughout the course of the season as well on those updated numbers as they are available? No, I haven't no, done anything really? adjusted okay. win totals. Also, I mean, to be completely fair, there's not many places out here actually at all that offer the adjusted win totals. So that's the other thing. I got to make a drive to the Hoover Dam uh, <laughs> if that's going to be the case. But no, I've not bet any adjusted okay. win totals. All righty. Well, let's get into some NBA finals talk here game three ahead 5 30 pacific 8 30 eastern time tip off on abc as the series with the denver nuggets and miami heat shifts to south beach miami has 10 straight up wins this postseason as an underdog they are two and a half now three most places as i see DraftKings just popped three as well mm-hmm. um point underdog at home in this spot total 214 and a half we talked earlier about your thoughts on the total and this being a slower paced type of a game. So a look to the under potentially in this spot. But as far as the side goes, like any just general feel, like is the zigzag going to come into effect? Is Miami going to continue to play um, shoot to the level that we saw? What do you think? I mean, the market and a lot of the market shapers do think that the zigzag theory is a real thing. You know, you saw the market move in favor of Denver in game one. You saw the market move in favor of Miami in game two. Both moves were accurate in terms of the side. So here we are again. What's happening? Opens two. We're up to three now in multiple spots. So again, market shapers at least believing that the zigzag is a real thing. And in fact, I see one book that's at three and a half right now. So like this is the direction that this thing's going to go. Uh, as far as what I think, like, look, as somebody who laid one and a half games at Denver before the series began, I do think that Denver can come out here and win this thing tonight. I think one of the big takeaways from game two was that was an abhorrent effort from Denver defensively. And a lot of it came from just poor communications for me. When you're not communicating on switches, when you're not understanding that coming out of this, if I'm Christian Brown, I can't go with the ball handler. I have to realize that Gabe Vincent is slipping out to the corner. You know, little things like that. You have to understand that, like, okay, these are what's happening. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., who, you know, as we made the joke last week, um, one, um, Mark Jackson threw him in the conversation for most improved defensive player of the last month. <laughs> that he was terrible in game two. He looked like old Michael Porter Jr. that was drawing the ire of Michael Malone consistently mm-hmm. throughout his career. It was in the middle of a lot of those miscommunications on switches and where to go. Uh, and I think those are things, if you're Denver, who, again, came into the NBA final Stormy as the team that, of the ones that played, uh, multiple playoff series had given up the lowest amount of wide open three point attempts. That's communication. That's something that can be fixed. So if I think that's something that can be fixed, and I also think that we have plenty of evidence to suggest that Denver offensively has kind of at least they know what to do against the zone. You know, I mentioned in the fourth quarter, for example, Miami had that historic fourth quarter in game two where they had the uh, highest offensive rating for a quarter that we have seen in any quarter in the NBA regular season and postseason this year. Well, Denver actually had an offensive rating in that fourth quarter against the zone of 131. So, like, they're still operating at a really high level themselves. So I think that if you can figure out what you're doing defensively, not give up as many wide-open looks to Miami, who is going to take advantage of those looks, you clean those things up while also showing that, hey, look, we're still pretty efficient against Mm -hmm. your best weapon defensively, which is that 2-3 zone. I think that all comes together for a nice uh, little bounce back here for the Denver Nuggets. So it uh, didn't play aside again. I think this is from an in-game standpoint. Just sit back away. You're up to three right now. Three is three or four possessions. If Miami goes on a little bit of a run to start the game, you're going to find something better here for Denver at some point through the course of, I was going to say hundred possessions, but it's probably going to be more like 89. Like 90, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, 90. <laughs> um, but you'll probably find an option to get in there. But I do think that at the end of the day, uh, when the smoke clears, if I want to use another cliche, I do think that Denver has a two, one series lead tonight. And I think for a team that we know is, 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 is as talented as the Denver nuggets, mm-hmm. a little reality check isn't bad every now and then. And oh, yeah. um, maybe that's the punch in the face that they needed in that fourth quarter for them to really come out and play to the level that they're capable of. Michael Malone, their head coach, even calling them out in the post-game press conference, talking about effort. Felt like he was kind of speaking directly to um, Michael Porter Jr., Jr., maybe even Aaron Murray to a little bit of an extent. But, I mean, Porter Jr., how many of these just, like, corner threes where you're leaning all the way to your right (laughs) are we going to do here? Like, attack the basket once in a while. You're allowed. It's okay. It's not really his game, but, like, it's you're right. Like, it's just... 
the decision making overall just has to be better, yeah. both offensively and defensively. I don't know if you saw. There's a great uh, there's a great screenshot from game two where he's pulling up from the elbow for a contested jumper, and Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are both standing at the block with nobody on them, looking at him like, "Are you going to pass us the ball?" <laughs> with nobody around, like he, if he finds either one of them, it's a layup for an easy bucket, and it's just those little things that he's got to be better at. And I wanted to focus really quickly on your point because I saw a lot of like, mm, I don't know, Michael Malone. You can't really do that to your players. Michael Malone has been this guy the whole time. Yeah. He has been call your players out guy. And I think he he has earned the respect of this team. I think that's why one of the things that I mentioned too with the series was, he, I mean, he's been with these guys. He was there when, when uh, Nikola Jokic got drafted. Mm-hmm. He's been there with Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Obviously like he's had a hand in developing a lot of these guys. He's been there for a while. And I think when you can build that relationship, you know, when you can call, you can call each other out. You called me out during the break, right? Like we have a good relationship working wise where I can take that and not take it as offense. And it's the same thing with these guys. You understand how mm-hmm. this works. It's never coming from a bad place. It's coming from a place to make you better. And I think that's how Michael Malone does it with these guys. Also, tell me why when you said he was there when Nikola Jokic was drafted immediately, I thought during a Taco Bell commercial, because that's just the first thing that was it the uh, Gordita Crunch or what was it again? Something. I think it might have been. Or like, yeah, I mean the Crunchwrap Supreme, yeah, something, something along those, something along those lines back in the day. For Jokic, um, the Denver Nuggets are 0 and three now when he has scored 40 plus points in a playoff game this postseason. I know uh, Spolstra was a little bit combative with Ramona Shelburne when she asked the question yeah. about you know making him a scorer. Is that the way? Because obviously you want to take away his facilitating ability because that's what makes him so dynamic and one of the best players in the National Basketball Association. But is there a little bit of truth to that, that he just yeah. wanted to push away? Like, Because that's that's the strategy I know Michael and I had when we were talking about the series coming in, was that, hey, force him to score and make everybody else try to beat you. So I think if you go back and listen to it, first off, I, I think he doesn't want to actually reveal his hand. And it's not like they're – and I think part of when you hear his answer – he was kind of pushing it back against the notion that it was just that easy. Like, all right, guys, right up on the drawing board, yeah. make them a scorer. But what, what they're re- in reality, what they're doing the is... The untrained eye. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but in reality, what they're doing is they are comfortable putting guys on him one-on-one, bam, at a bio, making sure the passing lanes aren't there, staying home on shooters, not giving them clean looks, switching off-ball actions so you don't give up a clean look on stuff. And like when you're doing that, it, it, when it boils it down, you're kind of making Jokic a scorer because he's just got a guy one-on-one and he's given the opportunity to score and that's how it's working. But And I think that's kind of when you hear his answer, that's kind of what he's referring to, you know? Mm-hmm. But it, it's a simplistic way to put it. And I think that is. Like, if you want to boil it down to making him a scorer, that's kind of what they're doing, yes. The Miami Heat, um, you wanted a big plus money number on him. That is... Not quite to the extent that it was previously, just plus 225 in the series. Nuggets minus 275 in Denver again. A slight two-and-a-half, three-point favorite in Game 3 coming up this evening. We'll continue to preview the NBA Finals as the show goes on. But when we come back, these college football quarterbacks are in new spots. Who's poised for success? Coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin is here to make you a more informed better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back to the Lombardi line, changing it up a little bit here today and talking a little college football because I'm telling you, like mm. this off season has gone by very quickly in my brain. The fact that we are like 90 or so days away from like having NFL and college football on our screens every single day is a little bit wild to think about. But the fun thing about college football now in at some points difficult being a sports better is the transfer portal and how different rosters are going to look and how some of the more notable quarterbacks and like names that we recognize are in different places now. Mm -hmm. And um, we wanted to take a look at some college football quarterbacks who are getting some fresh starts for various region reasons. Maybe, you know, they've been in college for 20 years and are a grad transfer somewhere looking for a bigger platform better program, better fit, maybe like Cheryl Crow, what change will do you good. They just need a little bit of a different environment. Um, but of these, the lyric? of these, yeah, Take I think that whole change thing? would do you good, right? I don't know. Isn't that the song? I'm, I'm sure it's I a song. Wanna, I just don't know. I know that the radio is a place for music, but mm. not coming from, from these pipes over here. Um, but of some of these quarterbacks who are in new found locations this year, who's one you think can make the biggest impact in 2023? I mean, it's, it's hard, I think, for me personally not to start with DJU. Uh, I think uh, Uyangalale can find himself in a position where, like, look, Oregon State was awesome last year. They were the best ATS team in the country. Uh, they play a really sound brand of football. Uh, it's one that he even cited in terms of wanting to play in it, you know, a little bit more of a pro-style offense mm -hmm. where he broke the huddle, took snaps from under center, play action, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and and I think that, like you said, you know, what, or what Miss Crow said, uh, <laughs> which is a change will do you good. We, I mean, we see it all the time, but we have many different examples of it. The biggest one as of the last few years, of course, Justin Verlander, when he leaves Detroit, goes to Houston, we know how that went. Uh, and I think that like something like this too, DJ Uyangalale, I think still has a lot of talent. I wasn't a really big fan of Clemson's offense over the last few years. That was really simple. I, I didn't really think that there was a lot of nuance to it. I think if you look at the, their coaching staff overall and realizing that it's a bunch of dudes at Clemson who were just come up from Clemson, like they're Clemson guys, not really high level assistants on that offensive side. I think it kind of spoke to simplicity of it. You know, DJ Uyangale can be a, a very talented quarterback. We saw it at times. And if you look at some of the numbers from him last year, you know, if you're talking about like big time throws, he had quite a few of those, especially at the beginning portion of the season where he's pressing the ball downfield. He had a lot of accuracy. His adjusted accuracy at the beginning of the year was very good. It kind of slipped off as it went along. And I think it doesn't help when you have kind of that thing behind you. Mm -hmm. He even told a story where, you know, he thought he let a really good drive, comes out, and uh, Dabo gets pissed, pulls him, throws, uh, throws uh, why well, can't I think of his name? I'll remember it. Uh, but their current quarterback now out there. And I think that's something where if you're in an environment where you feel a little bit more comfortable with your role, that's going to be something that's going to help you out a lot. So I find it hard not to really like what DJU is going to be there because he's also not going to have to do that much with that yeah. running attack in that offense. Um, Cade Klubnik, I think Thank the name you. that you're looking for. But... Klubnik, Klubnik, whatever his name is. Uh, yes. <laughs> but Thank with you. DJ Uyungle, obviously 
to your point about even just interactions like that with Dabo, you're going to have a very, very different level of pressure in a place like Corvallis, Oregon, playing in the Pac-12 than you are at as a Clemson Tiger and a player who came into that program anointed as another like second coming of their quarterbacks of the future with yep. Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson and all these marquee players. What I like about Oregon State in general is I think that they're a team that's been on the up and up the last couple of years. Um, they get that winning season, um, like coming off of 2020, they get that winning seven and mm-hmm. five season. Then they improved to nine and three. The lasting impression that you have of this Oregon State team from a year ago is, uh, you know, winning seven of their last eight games and then dominating an Anthony richardson list Florida team in the Las Vegas Bowl here. So they bring back the majority of their team. They have an extremely talented running back who's going to help, you know, move that offense along as well. And Damian Martinez, he was the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year last year. Um, and Jonathan Smith, who's the head coach at Oregon yep. State, is kind of like, um, I mean, he's a former quarterback, obviously, but he is somebody who really, really cares about the program. He cares about his players. He's kind of a quarterback whisperer of types. And so I hope nothing but good things for DJ Uyunglele. Eight and a half, the win total. Any th- immediate thoughts on that number? Because I feel like they're poised for another successful year. I mean, I would but say the Pac-12 so too. is hard. Pac-12 is going to Pac-12. They beat up on themselves all the time. They are. And the big difference, too, now is with Oregon State, like we see them coming. Essentially, like you, you see a team that has been there that has delivered at the window for a lot of people that now brings in a big name transfer in DJ Uyangle, who actually, by the way, we should note, might not even win the job. Like he is in competition for this. He did transfer in, but it's not going to be given to him. Uh, ben Branson is still there that you're going to still have to do and something. Then, huh. I, I think he should win the job, though. You think so? Yes. I you're do. saying he should, as in you better, or he should, as in like he's going to be better than Branson? He's going to be okay. better than Goldbrand. All right, just want to throw it out there. Nothing's all right. You know, no, I'm just that's my personal opinion, having okay. watched them both. Yes, well, and because you're right, because one of the things too that's going to offer DJU is going to offer that Goldbranson does it a uh, big arm downfield. Like that's something that was kind of missing from this Oregon State offense. So I would say, look, because you mentioned it, uh, Pac-12 with the way it's played now too, uh, you're going to play a lot of tough opponents. You're not getting out from any. You're not, you're not going to surprise anybody. But they're so well coached, and if if DJU is actually going to raise the floor of them in terms of quarterback play. I still think that this could definitely be a team that is going to be reckoned with as we start to, to look at to next year. And, and Trent Bray's done a great job as defensive coordinator as well since he got promoted internally. So that's like another thing that's just going to help out your quarterback if your defense is playing well. And it's interesting when you look at those Pac-12 win totals, the teams at the top, all with those nine and a halves, are teams that had major college football transfers come into their programs last mm-hmm. year. Washington with Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix at Oregon, and of course the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams as a USC Trojan. And we should also too, Oregon State's schedule is pretty manageable. When you're talking about your road games in conference being Washington State, Cal, Arizona, Colorado, and then Oregon at the end of the year. And then home games, uh, you're playing Utah and you're the start of conference play. But after that, we're talking about UCLA, Stanford, and then a tough one against Washington with a really manageable non-conference schedule, two Mountain West teams, San Jose State, and... Sorry, what? San Diego State. I was the thinking San Diego yeah. State University. Uh, you get them at home, Rude. so that's you know that's going to be an interesting matchup too because that'll be a Ugh. very tightly fought contest. Uh, but regardless, it's a manageable schedule at that for Oregon State as well. I love SDSU, but I just never have any confidence in them. It's I, just I one just, of those. I can't do this with you. Sorry, I'm just saying. Okay, how about well, where, where do you want to go so next? Tough. We it's have, just so tough we finishing have, second in the Mountain West year after year. And... Sam Hartman, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Sam Hartman now uh, with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. You got Brendan Armstrong who heads to NC State after a major down year at Virginia, but we know the high highs that he's been able to have. Devin Leary goes from NC State to Kentucky with Will Levis out of the building. Hudson Card at Purdue. Which one do you want to attack next? I think it's it's hard not to start with Hartman, right? I mean, only because – so Sam Hartman comes in, and it's going to be really fascinating to watch what this offense is going to look like for him because you can make the argument that Hartman, when you're playing at Wake Forest, is like an offense that really helps a quarterback with that slow mesh style. And so what you're talking about now – you're going to be a little bit more in a pro-style offense. You're going to have to have a lot more on your shoulders. How the insane production of Sam Hartman, you look mm-hmm. at these last few years, 89.4 PFF passing grade last season, 38 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 39 and 14 the year before, PFF passing grade of 90.5. Uh, one could make the argument, though, that a lot of the production from Hartman was due to the offense that he's in. And now when you have a lot more on your shoulders, if you're talking about going to Notre Dame and a little bit more in terms of expectation, I think that's there too, right? You know, Notre Dame and uh, Marcus Freeman, probably not in the hot seat, but you you want to stretch out the call a little bit here and say, okay, let's, let's get a little bit more in terms of some of the results now. 
I think this is going to be a pretty fascinating scenario for Hartman because all of these things come together. You see the win total of nine. I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Hartman brings to the table for Notre Dame because I think this could really work. But there's also the universe in which it doesn't really mesh with the pro-style offense. And all of a sudden, you're looking at just a really basic offense once again. He was one of those things coming out of the spring games back in April that, like, very, very complimentary people mm-hmm. talking about Sam Hartman. He was 13 to 16, 169 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And it was like, Sam Hartman, this offense is going to be off the hook with this guy. And, like, maybe temper the expectations a little bit, but at the end of the day, it is still Notre Dame. Yep. And there are expectations that come with that. Another year under Marcus Freeman, but similar to kind of what I said about DJ Uyunglele and the pieces that they have around him, they're going to have a good ground game. You know that they're going to have a good defense, all things that are really going to help out your quarterback. And I'm a, I'm a Sam Hartman fan. Maybe not to the extent, though, that he is fourth on the list to win the Heisman yeah. this year. That threw me for a little bit of a loop. I mean, that's, that's the helmet, right? That's the golden dome that's playing for Notre Dame like that's exactly maybe why. that should be comfortable for him though because he had a gold, gold gold helmet at wake as well so hey, that's a good yeah and also I think too like contributing maybe to the struggles here I think you have some questions about you know just who's catching these balls for you know how Hartman obviously we know uh, Michael Mayer leading receiver last year but mm-hmm. he's going to be in the National Football League uh, Lorenzo Styles Jr. was the leading returning receiver um, who only had I think 30 catches for 340 last year so that's going to be something too is why I'm fascinated by this it's a little bit of a different system, a little bit of a question to pass catcher, and a team that does have some expectations. I'd be very curious to see what this is going to look like for Hartman in the Fighting Irish. Season win total for Notre Dame. Sitting at nine, a little bit of juice there to the under, but as far as those Heisman odds go, Caleb Williams, 5-1 to one to repeat your favorite. Florida State's Jordan Travis, 10-1. to one. Drake May at UNC, 12-1. to one. And Sam Hartman right there. 13 to 1. We got to take a quick break here. Perry Gagnon going to give us some of his picks for the NBA Finals and more coming up next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Plus, now we've got a top VSEN experts leaderboard where you can view betting records, profit, and ROI to see which VSEN expert has the hot hand at any given time. For VSEN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now. For only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. You also get picks from our guy, Harry Gagnon, who joins us now, former sportsbook supervisor, host of the Against All Odds podcast at AAO. Harry on Twitter. And yes, I will pound my fist on the desk for our guy coming in. How are you, Harry? Welcome back. What's up, Stormy? Hey, uh, yeah, finally, back in the States, back in the States and ready to roll here. Well, can't wait for game three tonight. Yes, we missed you last week. Before we get into the, the, the sports of it all, Give us a little lowdown on, on where you were last week and what was going on. Oh, it's great. You know, I, for like nine days, ten days, I was in Amsterdam, the weather, and like the locals couldn't believe. They were telling me and my buddy and my wife, like, how great the weather was. They haven't had weather like that in ages. The weather was 70 degrees there. It was, uh, it was sunny every day, no rain, fantastic time there. Going through the canals, went to Paris for about six, seven hours, they hung out there for a little bit, watch, hanging out in the airport, watching with a bunch of locals and people taking trips to – uh, wherever they were going with the French Open being on there at the time. It was fantastic there, too. Um, went to Newark for a layover, went to Minnesota. I was in Minneapolis, had a little event, uh, a charity event with um, Dalvin Cook on Sunday, which was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, and now I'm back in the States, so ready to roll. Mm, we'll see where Dalvin Cook ends up, maybe. Uh, yeah, we will. Will it be in Minnesota, Miami, elsewhere, TBD? Miami um, with Lionel Messi? I hate you so much, but uh, hey, I'm, Harry, you're giving our guy JVT a little bit of FOMO because he's gearing up after the NBA Finals for his vacation, and he's already like planning every minute. We got to plan it. You got to. Where are you I going, mean, Jay? Uh, San Francisco. We're going to San Francisco. I'm dropping the kids off in a, a really small box somewhere in Northern California, <laughs> and uh, me and my wife are going up to San Francisco. We already got tickets uh, behind home plate for Diamondbacks Giants. Can't wait. Surprisingly cheap. Beautiful. Yep, can't wait. And then uh, check out, uh, I think it's Japantown out there and more. So I can't wait to look. That's awesome. Well, hope y'all, hope you have fun. Glad you did, Harry. And like you said, excited about game three tonight as the NBA Finals roll on. Series tied at one right now after Miami overcame that eight-point deficit in the fourth quarter to steal a win on the road in Denver in game two. 
Now we're seeing the spread anywhere from two and a half to three and a half for game three back in Miami. Like, are we... Are we counting out Miami too often here? Are they going to continue to exceed expectations this series? It just keeps happening, right? Like, I mean, look, I gave out Denver to win in seven, and I'm still sticking to that. But let's not forget what happened in 2019, too, when, when in, the, in, in the bubble when nobody gave Miami a chance. Nobody gave Butler a chance against the Lakers, and they forced six games against the Lakers, against LeBron and AD. And I still, like I said, I'm still going with Denver in seven. But – the line, like you mentioned, just creeped up to three and a half now. I'm going to take the three and a half. I think this is a split. I think Denver wins game four, and they go back to Colorado 2-2. But I'm going to take the three and a half here because the momentum right now is on Miami's side. Uh, Butler didn't play a great game in game two or game one. They still pulled it out. Caleb Martin's been invisible the first two games of the series. He's got three points in both games. Lowry had just two field goals in the last game. Down 15, were against a team who had never lost at home in the playoffs so far, yet they still managed to pull that out. They got momentum. I, I understand where people are coming from, pushing the line up to three and a half, thinking Denver, okay, one bad game and they get back. But I think Denver might take game four, but I think Miami with a three and a half, that's a nice chunk of points right there. And game two was very close. I think this is going to be a close game too. I'm going to take the three and a half. Harry, you mentioned Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think you've got to read on his player prop here. And also, I think there's a secondary player who probably should have won Eastern Conference Finals MVP that you're looking at. You're not bitter. <laughs> yeah, you know, listen, I'm going to take Butler over 25 and a half. Again, I, mentioned, I just mentioned 21 and 19, the first two. Hasn't been shooting fantastic for a percentage compared to what he did in the earlier playoff round this year. I think this is where, like, we're waiting for a Jimmy Bucket just blow up game and I think this might be it uh I think he goes off here I'm going to take him over 25 and a half we saw what he did against Boston he's at a 56 point game he's at a 40 point game I think this is where he takes control in game three he has a monster game he goes over 25 and a half and I mentioned Caleb Martin too I'm going to take him over eight and a half points like I said just three points in both games so far the series but but nine shots total he's had or excuse me, 10 total shots in two games. He had nine shots or more in all seven games against Boston. He had 14 points or more in all those games. I think he shows up big for Miami at home in South Beaches too. So give me Butler over 25 and a half, and I'm going to Caleb Martin. I think Caleb Martin is going to be the guy that shows up. Vincent's been fantastic too for them, and Robinson, especially those two guys in the fourth quarter in game two. But I think Caleb Martin is the guy that's going to be that one dude for the Heat that shows up big time tonight, aside from Butler, I think Caleb Martin can get that over eight and a half points by halftime. Well, and we saw, like, because Caleb Martin was playing so well in the Eastern Conference Finals, like, that prop was all the way up at, like, 15 and a half, I believe, and then uh, he's dealing with an illness these first couple of games. He said he was, like, shaking, sitting in a corner, and now he's feeling better. So, hopefully, um, that does end up cashing because the number's so much lower than we had seen it last series because of the way that he started out things. Also, for anybody who was looking for that exact price for Denver to win in seven, a 4-3 final plus 225 available at DraftKings right now here with our guy Harry Gagnon of the Against All Odds podcast at AAO Harry on Twitter. Let's turn our attention from the NBA now to the NHL. Stanley Cup final rolls on tomorrow. Also, down there in Florida, the Florida Panthers, a slight minus 120 favorite. Golden Knights available even money after taking a two games to none lead. What are your immediate thoughts on game three? Yeah, uh, Vegas has been fantastic and Aiden Hill has been unbelievable in that for the night. But in game three here, I'm going to take Florida. I'm going to lay the buck 25. Um, 12 straight playoff series for Las Vegas where they have not swept an opponent. I had Vegas to win this in five. I think this is where Florida shines. Uh, I, I, like I said, I took Vegas in five, but I think Florida bounces back here after being outscored 12-4 in the first two games. Bobrovsky got pulled in game two. I think he has a big game and shuts Vegas' offense down. I think he's, uh, not a lot of offense out of Vegas in this game. Sometimes we've seen them be spotty with their shots on goal as being very low, considering uh, you look at these first two games, Florida's still already outshot them by almost 30 so far. And since two, the year 2000, teams that are down 2-0 and go home are 10-2 and in that game three. Give me Florida. I'm going to take the Panthers, minus 125. Kachuk has a big game. And Anthony DeClaire, I think Anthony DeClaire might be the X factor uh, for 
Florida on Thursday. He scored points in three straight games. I think he shines for Florida and South Beach, too. Take the Panthers minus the buck and a quarter. All right, here, let's go to baseball um, because those San Francisco Giants that I'm going to go watch at the end of the month, well, they are on the road taking on the Colorado Rockies. What do you make of this, Logan Webb, on the hill? Rockies have played a little bit better at home but did get their heads caved in by the Giants yesterday. Yeah, you're right, JVT. I, look, I, I, look, I'm 6-2 and two every day. If you go to extrapoints.com, you can see my video picks, whether I'm doing something silly or whatever. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes, most of the time, me doing something silly. And, and today's is where I took the Giants at minus one and a half, minus one thirty. Uh, I'm six and two in my last eight. I'm going to take the Giants again, minus the one and a half here on the road. Connor Seabold for, for Colorado, last eighteen innings, thirteen earned runs. You mentioned JVT, ten runs last night for San Francisco in Denver, uh, and in their last five road games, the Giants have scored thirty-eight runs. Again, pounded the Rockies last night. I think they do it again tonight. Total 11 for a reason up there tonight, for sure. Harry, awesome stuff as always. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, very jealous once again from your trip. That sounded awesome. Enjoy the, enjoy the games, guys. Take care. Let's hit something. Appreciate you. Um, speaking to uh, his point, having Bobrovsky, by the way, pulled last game. Nice things. Um, the Golden Knights have forced all four of their playoff opponents to have a goalie pulled mid-game at least at one point. How about that, huh? Pretty cool. Well, it's something we talked about when the, before the series was, was Bobrovsky going to kind of revert back? And you called that, like, dead on by you. I kind of had the thought process that he's just been so hot, it's hard to imagine him cooling down. Well, I will. I'll temper the, you know, good by you. I was just asking the question, essentially, like, what's more likely? Yeah. And I would think, it was the same thing with Miami Heat, right? Like, what's are, are you banking on the unprobable thing happening again or the probable thing happening? And I'm willing to go down the ship that the probable thing will happen. And so, guy standing on his head, is it realistic <laughs> that he does it after nine days off in a series against one of the deeper offensive teams? Yeah, maybe not. Sure enough, so far. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't have the trained hockey eye. Like the goal that he gave to Martinez, I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? Well, like, so that's another point, though. Like some of the, like, sorry, the, when you look at the expected goals yeah. that that I know those are like numbers that mm -hmm. you dive really, really deep into. Like those are things that in the decade plus ish that they've been tracking these things was off the chart. Like you've never seen numbers like that before. So. It's interesting. Meanwhile, Aiden Hill doing a similar thing right now for the Vegas mm -hmm. Golden Knights where he's been standing on his head. I want to say two of the four goals that have been allowed to this point from Aiden Hill have been on the skates of Golden Knights players that they've actually gone in. So yeah, the ridiculous one off the faceoff in game one. Yeah, right. Yep. So it's, you know, it's been interesting situations even that he's allowed anything. Uh, game three in that series coming up tomorrow night, game three in the NBA tonight and we will get JVT's final thoughts maybe some prop betting angles as well as we look ahead to the action if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plus, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, remember you can also convert BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points specifically. Hotel rooms at over 20 resorts properties located on the Vegas Strip and nationwide? Incredible! Sign up with BetMGM or log on today. Get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Are you going to do the eligibility restrictions? Uh, No. All right. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to please play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification. Eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that's just because you can't talk that fast, huh? I actually can talk pretty fast. If I, want to. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line. Thanks for hanging out with us over the course of the last couple of hours. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel with you. We are live from downtown Las Vegas at Circa Resort and Casino. Game three of the NBA Finals ahead tonight from South Beach. Series tied at one. The Miami Heat getting anywhere between two and a half and three and a half points tonight. Can they pull it off yet again? Because I said yesterday on the program, JVT, it's like they're I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. The Miami Heat are like cockroaches in the sense that they will just not go away, never say die. die for this yeah. team. That's right. They won't. They're They've been annoying. fun. They have been. Oh, am I sorry? Am I reading this? We No. Oh, okay, yet. sorry. I got I got lost. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was reading something. and I You were too busy trying to jump into the MGM read. No, actually, there's, there's you... drama. There's NBA stuff on Twitter that's kind of funny. So I was reading it, and I just got lost. I okay, well, now I want to know. What's the NBA drama? Eh. I don't know if it's appropriate. It might involve ladies of the night and Zion Williamson. So just go check it out. Okay. On that note, um, let's just go Speaking on. Speaking of this. the night, let's go. Tonight. Huh? <laughs> and the Golden Knights. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. Look at how the, you tied that up together. Really, really great. Um, anyways, let's do our VSIN pro tip then, after all, since that's clearly where you wanted to go after looking at the Twitter machine and making all of us. I mean, in my, in my defense, this is all you guys use me for. So. Well, I'm not a pro tip machine. I can't just crank out information like this, but you are an analytical mind and you come up with great stuff like this VSIN pro tip. Again, all of our pro tips available at vsin.com when you become a subscriber today, searchable by sport and by show. But a great tip today talking about the total in tonight's game and how pace can play a role. Yeah, pace is a better indicator of how the game's going to play out uh, rather than efficiency. You know, you go back to game two. For example, and uh, the pace was glacial, to use an adjective, um, where you're talking about 86 possessions for these for these two teams. Uh, the fourth quarter was played at a pace that, if it was extrapolated over the course of four quarters, it would have been a 76 possession game, and yet that game went over. So you want to look at pace because high efficiency, more than likely, is not going to repeat itself. But pace, especially, uh, we'll call it intended pace, because Miami Heat are playing slow as of the Denver Nuggets. That is more than likely going to sustain itself. So, for example, the market has shifted to the under for tonight's game by about two points after opening 216 and a half. And also keep in mind um, that because even though we had two teams that had offensive ratings over 120, even though we saw the highest efficiency quarter from a team in the NBA this season, Stormy, that game last time out on Sunday only went over by two and a half points. 
Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's that's all about pace, baby. So under excellent recovery. Super proud of you. Free Bailey. Free daily, as as I mock you, I do that. Free daily betting tips, again, available at vcin.com. That is your pro tip of the Lombardi line today. Uh, keeping it going here with the NBA Finals, let's dive into some of the props here a little bit. And one of the props that our guy Harry Gagnon was talking about in the last segment was Caleb Martin going a, over eight and a half points. And very curious as somebody who has watched so much of this Miami Heat team, especially here in the playoffs, where they played a different brand of basketball than we saw in the regular season. How much of Caleb Martin this series and his struggles are due to just the matchups and style of play that Denver has, the size advantage that they have as well, versus him being sick and him not being himself coming off of the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, I'm sure it has a little bit to do with him being sick and not being fully healthy, but I also think that the matchup and the need for size is kind of dictating this for Caleb Martin. When you look at what the Miami Heat needed to do in Game 2 and what the adjustment was, the one of the primary adjustments was, hey, let's just change the starting lineup. Let's put Kevin Love out there on the floor with our starters. Why do we need that? Well, we can't start multiple 6'5 guys against a team that's got a front line of 6'9", 6'10", and 6'10". So we've got to add something there. So what happens? So Kevin Love starts storming, and then that means Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler, who the game previous was guarding power forward Aaron Gordon, now gets to shift down and guard somebody in the backcourt, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray then has a quiet game, doesn't get up a ton of shot attempts until the end of it. So that's that trickle-down effect. So what does that have to do with Caleb Martin? Well, I just think Caleb Martin's on the short end of the stick because you you might be sick, but you're also just trying to find size. And he's the expendable guy out of Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Caleb Martin. The dude who's going to find his way out of that rotation is going to be Caleb Martin. You know, as much as we love the Eastern Conference Finals and everybody was talking about, he's going to get paid. By the way, he's still under contract for next year. It, it was a little bit of a flash in the pan for Caleb Martin. He's a good player, but not what we saw. So if somebody's going to get his minutes cut into, it's going to be Caleb Martin. I think that's why we saw it. The sickness probably didn't help, but I think when you're looking at the way this matchup plays out, I just don't know if it's a Caleb Martin series. So only 21 minutes, three points, five rebounds, and an assist in the last game. And you're starting to see Duncan Robinson again get a little bit more in terms of minutes too, a little bit more of a knockdown and consistent three-point threat, off-ball threat as well. I think that that's just the only thing Like I would – I would caution against trying to find the magic with Caleb Martin again because I just think if we're if we're looking at all the pieces and saying, okay, if we're cutting something out, what's it going to be? Caleb Martin's probably going to be at the top of the list. If there were to be a heat over to target, who would you? So I think this is the square way because he's gone over at each of the first two games. Bam. But yeah, because I, I think what's happening here is there's a couple of things. It, and the first of which is the, the Heat are doing such a brilliant job. Like they're putting, especially in that second game, Nikola Jokic, if you watch tonight, and I'm sure they're going to do it again, he's at the center of every action for the Miami Heat. They're going after him, they're, and they're going after that drop coverage that Jokic is playing. And what they're doing with Bam is brilliant. Bam is rolling hard to the basket. He's also flaring out on some of those with the short rolls. He's able to hit from that area of the floor. So it's causing Jokic, you'll see, like to move more laterally a lot of the times. Like He'll drop on the initial pick and roll, but then he's got to move to find space to, to guard Bam at a bio. And it's leading to Adebayo having some really big games. And, and it's almost like what the what we talked about with Miami, but vice versa with Denver, where it's like, well, Denver, we don't really have a choice. Like, Let's just put Jokic on him because we don't really have anywhere else to hide him and, as opposed to just letting Bam score. And that's led to some big Bam moments. So I do think that if you're looking here, I wouldn't see any other like difference. Like there's nowhere you can't just plant Jokic on, you know, like a corner shooter because the Heat are going to make them pay. They got to put them at the center of everything. And I think that's going to lead to some big Bam games going forward. And that, my friends, is why when you go to VEASAN.com today and you check out JVT's full breakdown of this game, oh. that is why I chose Bam as the say. photo. What an honor, by the way, for you to let me select that cover image for your article today. It's a, it's a simple pleasure that I get in my life, but I love picking the picture for the article. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Oh, so. so it was something that was hard for you to let go of today. I mean, I not really. I've, I've written, oh. like, I think in the hundreds of these. It's okay. <laughs> you could have just said yes. You could yes. have just, you know, played the game. No, no worries. Um, as for Nikola Jokic, his points prop set at 28 and a half coming off of um, mm. a, a very dominant performance from him from a scoring standpoint because of the way things were shifted around here. Um, points prop, any interest in the over, or is this like a good time to get back into the triple-double game where he was on a stretch of like six of seven games before last game? The yes is plus 115 for Jokic there. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I kind of don't want to. And here's the thing with Jokic. Like, I'd rather go over points than play the triple-double again. Because, again, going back to like, and I know that we're not we're not calling it making him a scorer. But when you're talking about just 
guarding yeah, him one on one. Don't get Spo to yell at you. Yeah, you don't know, it do just it. we'll phrase it maybe in a way that Spolstra won't yell at us, but it's <laughs> it being happy in the matchup of putting Bam on a bio on him one on one, staying home on shooters so you can't he can't kick it out to open looks, um, cutting off passing lanes so that he can't find those assist opportunities. That I think is the increasing the probability of you winning a game. Jokic, I don't think can be stopped, and so we've seen a point adjustment at least. The first two games, Stormy was twenty-seven and a half. Now we're up to twenty-eight and a half. So the market has adjusted just a little bit. But there's a reason why I did bet Jokic to lead this series in scoring. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be something that the Miami Heat want to do. Again, if we want to phrase it as making him a scorer, or if we want to phrase it as guarding him one on one, cutting off passing lanes, and doing all the good stuff there, I think that's what you're going to see here. So I think at this point right now. I'd rather just stick with the playing him over his points as opposed to playing those triple doubles or playing over on assists because I think Miami is pretty sound in what they want to do defensively. The assist number is sitting at nine and a half. And, and it's so funny, too, because the big angle, I remember Michael uh, Lombardi and I discussing ahead of game one that maybe that is kind of what Miami would try to do defensively on Jokic and take away as much of the lanes and the facilitating ability that he has that makes him so dynamic and maybe to target his under assist and then he goes over in the first half. Yep. Like, okay, all right, not so ideal for me. But uh, this game, once again, tipping off tonight on ABC, 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. Should be, it should be a fun one. I'm, I'm excited about it. Whereas I said it's been a fun series so far in the NHL because I am a Golden Knights fan, obviously, former employee of the team. And you were like, ah, but has it been a fun series? I'm not, not so sure. Everybody. This one actually has been no, for, be for all involved that are that are watching from a fan and betting standpoint. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. That's a wrap for this edition of the Lombardi Line. VSIN best bets coming up next. And just like that, the Zion Williamson news is on my timeline. And check it out. You should Google Juicy. it. You should. <laughs> The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.